welcome to the podcast. This is our, our third session with a guest. Um, today we've got Isaac talking about uh, his journey with coaching. Um, he's, a, he's a badminton player for the uh, Paralympics, um, sports development. Um, so uh, we'll see what he has to say in, on coaching uh, and his views on it. So starting off, Isaac, welcome, obviously. Uh, what's your Thank you. uh, in in sport? Uh, so my journey into Paralympic sport, um, when I was about seven years old, um, I um, I was obviously active in school and primary school and that, and um, obviously my sister used to play badminton at a local local uh, club in Wigan, Bryn Badminton Club, and then obviously me being me, I was kind of I wanted to be sociable all the time, so um, I went down one time, and then one of the coaches just got me. Uh, put me to one side and we just started hitting balloons and that and um, it's kind of a sport where it's like equal to everyone so that's how I got involved and then from there um, I got because it was a club that was linked towards like it was like a it was a grassroots towards disability sport foundation and stuff so it was a nice club to be at where I could progress to um, other disability sport clubs and where um I got in. I found out about Dwarf Sports Association, which is a national charity for um, people with dwarfism who want to get in sports. So I've met people through there, and I'm still close friends with today. And uh, that's you can, there's a national games every year, and you don't have to be specifically good at one sport, um, but you can get get involved, meet new people, and stuff like that. And then obviously I got good at badminton, and then around when I was in like what 15, 16. Um, I got better and better and then I got invited to go to Bolton Performance Centre um, so that was still like an able-bodied setup. Um, went from there and trained there for four years still an able-bodied setup, and then got selected to play for England in 2013 for my first international cap and then I still carried on from there um, but this was also whilst I was in college still in school at that point and then 2017 I decided to go to university um, while still juggling badminton and that and then obviously finishing university 2020 I then moved to Sheffield full-time is where which is where the GB para badminton squad train so but at the time I was I was juggling um for like the past three years doing university college as well as playing badminton so now it's um living there full-time now to focus on the badminton yeah um, and, and throughout that journey, obviously, you said you're juggling um, college, university and stuff um, with this uh, this year and last year, you know, being such a difficult year because of COVID. Has that been an issue at all um, in your performance? Um, I think through college, it was OK because I was going back to home, home. I, I, I could rely on my parents and that to sort out my, my food and, and, and me, me, me other stuff, me other life, life stuff going on. But then, obviously, when you go to university, there's a different, completely different change of life. You're living away, um, you've got to sort all out your your problems away from university in badminton. So that, I struggled with that. And then, obviously, first year was first year and second year results. I would say they weren't that good. Um, there was times where my lecturers were a bit worried about me taking too much time away from university to concentrate on badminton. Um, by getting poor grades, so I took the decision in beginning of third year um, to um, kind of um, focus on the university more. Yeah. And um, so for me, I think with COVID as well, it's kind of been a bit of it's been a positive blessing because 
obviously tournaments have been cancelled all last year. I was able to focus on my uni. I weren't getting distracted by my flatmates by going out all the time and stuff, which was another thing I had to balance because I'm, I'm quite a social person. So um, it was tough from going to university to try and keep up with it, but I think I tried to deal with it the best way possible. Yeah, yeah. And I guess with, with obviously COVID kicking in and, you know, nightlife and stuff like that's not been going on, obviously it's a different kind of uni experience, but in terms of your badminton, mm. you know, finish off that uni qualification and then, you know, crack off to, to what you know. Um, yeah. About your time playing badminton, what would you say your, your biggest achievements are? Um, Spanish International 2018. Um, like I said, I, like I said, I've been on the circuit for quite a while, but many, a lot of people... I was in and out of tournaments, like you could see athletes were going from here, there, everywhere each month, whilst I was sometimes doubling in and out. So they knew I was like, in, like I reckon my ranking wasn't as true to what it should be. So 2018, I was ranked 28 and I still got um, a bronze medal in my singles and that's my, my first singles medal. Yeah. Um, World Champs 2015, got a silver medal in the doubles while well, uh, well, just coming out of high school, which was a big, big achievement. Um, Dubai, um, bronze in doubles. So there's been there's been a few good tournaments where I've not been I've not been ranked and I've not been seeded, but I've come out my box. I've played a blinding quarterfinal with a guy who's in the top eight, and then I've made a good semi final performance. Um, my first title, like. BDF title was in Denmark, which was 2019, which was actually the last time I played. We won that in the doubles, so that was my first title. Um, so I think speaking today, I think um, biggest team is probably Denmark. Yeah. And do you think um, you said you were there dipping in and out? Do you think maybe your rank could be a lot higher if, um, if it's based off different stuff you're saying? Yeah. Like, 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 because well, I was juggling university um, and the badminton, I was going to Sheffield twice a week. I was coming back to uni for three days a week and stuff like that. I was living away as well. I was I always got tempted to, to have a drink with me, meet my flatmates on the weekend and stuff, which always piles the pressure. But at, at the time where you, you feel like you want to do something, that might be the might, that might not be the best decision. But um, but yeah, um, it was tough, but. I think now I wouldn't look back on it and take regrets on it because I've had I've had a dual athlete career, so it's nice to um, now I can put all my eggs in one basket and concentrate on training full time and um, competing whenever that'll be. And and during them those times where you had to juggle so many stuff, you know, going to uni Sheffield and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And sort of your schedule. What would you say drove you to keep carrying on and keep pushing? Um, I think it was it. I think it was a relationship with my friends from uni, my relationship my fr- with my family, and also the, the the coaches' relationship and the player, the athletes' relationships around here. Because he, even though that I made a bad decision by going out or something or not training to my full potential, the the I'm still getting good feedback from um, my friends, my uni friends, and my coaches, and and I think. For me, being such a social person, I, I thrive off people telling me that I'm doing good or that needs to be done and stuff like that. I, I'm not one of those persons where I can't really do stuff on my own. Yeah. So the people around me was big around around those times. And um, obviously, you, you know, you got to 
uh, after uni now uh, and you're sort of cracking on with your career, what would you say your, your next step is within the next five to ten years? Um, well, I'm not I'm not qualified for Tokyo this time round. Um, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward more towards Paris and Los Angeles 2024 20, and 2028. Um, so this year and the next the next few years is about bedding into it, getting good good tournaments on my belt, more medals in the singles um, category. Um, but also, um, I've, I've thought about this year, well, about I've got a good grade with university and if things go a little bit pear-shaped or if things don't work out fully, um, I, I think I'm going to do a master's, possibly in physical activity and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to be something straight away. I think I'm going to take a bit of time away from education at the minute. I'm a, I'm a bit, uh, I was, I, especially last year, I was a bit sick of it with uh, dissertations and referencing all the time. So yeah. I'll take a few years out, I reckon. Yeah. And um, obviously moving on to the sort of uh, the coach's perspective, what would you say the a role of a coach is? Uh, the role of a coach in... In my sport, especially because it's an individual sport, I think it's it's massive. Um, it being an athlete, um, the the better you get, the more problems you might face, or the more the more stress you might go under. You you got you the the, the better you are, the more time the more times you need to train. So obviously, your coach athlete relationship is, is gonna come, gonna become more important the better you get. And um, I think. Especially with individual sport, a coach is somewhere where you can speak to off 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 the sport as well. I've had a lot of times where I've been struggling with uni work or I've been struggling with other things in in my life, and you don't realise it. But sometimes your co- your coach, you might not think that he will be good at life advice, but he, he does have a he he's there. He's a coach for a reason. So, um, especially with COVID now, I think a lot of people are really struggling with something to do or especially anxiety and stuff like that, things that they didn't need to worry about um, before COVID because they've got nothing much to do or the limited on stuff what to do, then a lot of problems are still on the mind and stuff. So releasing it to your coach and that uh, is, is massive. And um, as well, uh, your coach is there on court when you when you win an international medal, and he's there on a Monday morning in Sheffield when it's when it's snowing down, and you don't know whether to get to training or not. So they're they're a big part of your life, especially when you when you become better and older. Mm. And would you say that um, obviously badminton is an individual sport? Would you say that uh, a coach's role is probably uh, more efficient in in that sense? I mean, you talk about the mental health side of it and uh, with like the anxiety and stuff. Would you say that? Um, people often see coaches as just like, oh, you rock up and you train, you know, and just do these drills. Would you say that in an individual sport, it's a lot more um, of an influence to have a coach which is very by your side? Well, yeah, because in, 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 in I keep on re saying that it's an individual sport, but because it's an individual sport, you see them every day and you, you will, you will speak to them, you'll communicate with them each day. We've got, we've got quite a couple of coaches and we've all got a strong relationship with, with physios, S and C coaches, nutritionists, and you, as an athlete, you may not know, but, but they all have to speak to each other daily, weekly, to get the best out of you. So, say if your nutrition's not been going well or your sleep's not been good, then your, your nutritionist or your physio needs to feed back to, to, to the to the on court coaches, so then they can paint a picture around what's this week looking like for you. 
Um, with team sports, though, um, it's like they have to balance everyone around them. So the, the relationship might not be as strong or as um, major um, because they have to think about X, Y, and Z. Um, whether well, individual sport, it's around one team, one person around the team. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's it's a, it, there is a big efficient. And with because you play doubles as well. When there's when there's two of you, would you say it's um, it's similar for the coach? You know, um, obviously just from focusing on you normally. If there's two of you, is there two coaches from either side, and they've got to come together and have a chat about you know the pros and cons about you know your position and stuff like that. Well, yeah, when it's when it's when it's doubles, or uh, if there's two coaches at the back, um, there's always like one lead, and then a lot of the the assistant coaches like just reiterating their point because in individual sport it might be that too much information might overload and you might forget what they've said in the interval and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but especially with in in doubles, you have to have a good. A good relationship with your with your with your partner. Um, if they've made a mistake, there's no there's no there's no point in in making it personal. It's all about being business, right? Forget about that. That's gone, and let's move on. That works for me anyway. Yeah, and um, would you say that the higher you go, um, you know, the better coaches, or would you say that it, it kind of depends? Um, you know, if if you're at the the top of your game, is that where the best coaches are, or you know, at, at a lower club, there's some decent coaches. Um, for me personally, um, when I went for like obviously when grassroots, um, the coaching's a little bit more basic or it's a little bit more broad because they need to cater for everyone. Like everyone, anyone or anyone might walk through that door. Um, but obviously when you go higher up in the in the ranks, um, the, the pyramid kind of th- goes a little bit slimmer. So there's less people around, but obviously the the the, the ability of the athlete becomes higher. Um, when I was in like when I went to performance centres and um, county county squads when I was still training with able-bodied, even then it was still kind of hard for the coach for me to um, for the coach to adapt his session for me because obviously para badminton is quite a new sport. It's, it's making its debut in the Paralympics. The research out there for any any, any other coach around uh, county or if you're still performance performance based, it's still a little. I'd be very surprised if um, my my performance centre coach when I was in um, college knew a lot about Power Badminton because the research then was a little less. But now, obviously, um, training full-time in um, Sheffield, um, I'm learning stuff now that I've, I've never really got my head around. But now it's starting to pay. And each day, there's something... There's so, the game's always improving, and that's because... My coaches are feeding it back to me, and any 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 inch and in improvements just going to make a massive performance. So now in the current state, and um, these are the best coaches I've ever worked with. Yeah, and um, you know, you kind of touched on it there with um, like para um, athletes. You know, it's 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 a new thing for some people. Some people have never really coached in it, um, mm. and, and there's new stuff coming through. Would you say you've ever been overlooked by a coach or a, um, a committee? About your um, maybe a few times when I was younger, um, definitely, um, especially like um, like university box matches, for example. Yeah. Or, or Wednesdays, um, they see me rocking up and think, ah, oh, they've got an easy one. Or the coach says, play play it on the small guy because they don't think I've got enough in my locker to get out 
deep in the corner or create something from the attack especially but um i've learned that especially with living with a disability you're born with um a, a resilience that other people might not have for example people able-bodied people might get um upset about something um in the day or for example uh, walking into a shop and someone's looking at you that's that's resilience for me that doesn't bother me for example if someone if a child walk, looks at me and says to his, his, his parent that I'm small I've, I've grown to understand that so the resilience is there and that that's always brought in up in the sport sporting world as well we've kind of been uh, trained to work hard and make sure that nothing gets to us personal because that's gonna just gonna affect your, your performance overall yeah, I was just yeah. about to touch on that then, saying, like, you know, have you ever had any comments or anything, like you said, like, university, like, books, games? Is it where, you know, you've turned up and they said something and it's kind of got to your... You sort of take that machine and say, like, well, well, I'm going to show you who you boss, sort of thing. Not really. I th- I, to be honest with you, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather thrive off it. Do you know what I mean? I, um, I don't like a quiet sport, so, for example, or, or a football match where there's no crowd because if I was playing football, um, I'd, I'd want people to, like, watch and... Get the uh, 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 um, atmosphere going because ob- my optimal level is obviously increased there. I perform better under pressure, and like I said, individual sports a lot about it is is about the mental game as well. You can perform so much physically, but mentally, if you're not there, then you're going to be a disadvantage to win. Um, so if they have that mentality, I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to get over them physically, and then if I'm over that physical barrier, then mentally I- I'll win. Yeah, and you spoke to before a bit, uh, a bit about feedback. You know, you're on about uh, you're quite sociable. In terms of feedback from a coach, would you say you, you want that kind of like constructive criticism, or do you want to just be told harshly like, you know, you've done this wrong today, you need to sort that out? How would you kind of like want feedback from your coach? It, d- it depends on like the, the kind of goal set. If it's a short term goal that needs to be done for next week, if I'm going away to a tournament, I'd, I'd rather have it told to me there, right, there and then, and then I can fix it up. Um, going into the tournament if it's more of like a long term goal and it, it's got to do with something away from the court as well then I'd, ra- I'd rather have it like constructive making sure that I know that I fully understand what, what, what the next eight weeks is going to gonna look like what I need to do off court um, to, to, do, to become better and um, so then obviously the coach-athlete relationship there it's good on court and it's good off court so if I need to ring him at uh, 7 a.m. in the morning before training, then that's that's the perfect scenario for me. If if it's a little bit harsh or it's a little bit too quick and I don't know what to do, then I, I might refrain calling him at whatever time to ask him for something. Mm. And um, you know, we talked about some some good coaches. You said about some um, like different styles of coach. Have you ever experienced a coach where you sort of look at them and think like, you know, you're you're pretty poor? Um, and and sort of like question their ability. When I was in the situation, and um, no, but now obviously when I'm a bit older, I'm a little bit more advanced, living away and stuff, I look back and where I look back now and think where there have been times where the the coaches kind of took a step back or taken the, the easy route back, um, and kind of um not took into consideration what all the participants and stuff for they said they'll do this week and then it's a completely different training environment but that's been around um club club beginning beginning of the, the badminton scene and um, 
but no faults their own because obviously they've got more athletes to consider. They can't juggle everything at once. Um, whether that's to do with the coaching strategy, I don't know. But there have been times where I thought, well, you could you could have done that a little bit better. But at the end of the day, I'm still I'm still training, and I'm, I'm in an elite sport environment, so it's not really affecting me. Yeah, you you sort of cracked on with it. And um, with your with your course at university, um, do you kind of see where coaches come from? You know, sort of go, oh well, I've I've learned that previously. I know where that comes from. Or do you sort of think about it like, well, why don't we try this instead? Is it sort of a, a relationship where you can um, ask them to try stuff? Is it just just them telling you what to do? Well, yeah. Before university, I had, I had no coaching. I had no coaching knowledge about stuff. I was kind of the person that just got on with stuff, whatever I've been told. But now, after three years, it, I'm, I'm kind of picking out stuff where the coach has looked at it. Has he gone for a constructive way of going through it or a behaviourism mm. way? And it, it, it's kind of enlightening to know that, oh, he's gone through that way. Why has he done that? How, how does he want us to react and stuff like that? And it, it's kind of being a student as well as being an athlete, it's kind of nice to know that I can see different insights of both athlete and coach um, world. So, yeah. And could you use them in a sort of case studies? You know, I went to this session and, you know, I saw this today. Was that quite kind of good during your exa- uh, during your um, university time to sort of have that, that visual view of it and, as well as just learning it off, off the teacher? Yeah. Um, like when, when we got assessed, when we got assessed like um, the first time round, um, well, I think we were doing dodgeball at university and um, I went for like um, a punishment. I, 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 I was very uh, unknowledged of it, but at the time I, I was punishing them all at a sport that they never knew. And I thought, what? And I looked back at the video and it was, it was horrible. And I said, why have I done this? Um, but obviously you learn, you grow and um, you get better at coaching situations. And if, if it's an individual sport, it's obviously the coach athlete relationships probably probably needs to be more important. So you probably construct it constructivism. If there's a bit more, if there's a bit more group and there's a lot more people around, you might go for a direct approach because that's the way that the session needs to go forward. So yeah, it's it's been very interesting to see different coaching styles, different knowledges, whether they, they like it more of a physical session or are they more of a technical coach? Do they like think, things being direct or obviously do they want the athlete to learn alongside them and um obviously with you doing that course do you think you'll ever in the future maybe become a coach yourself you know you talked about that next step maybe going down that that sort of mental health kind of role or do you think you would be able to you know pursue a, a coaching coaching job well well yeah doing the course before i thought it was just going to be going outside every day and it's it's not like that, but you might think that's that's the wrong decision. But it's 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 so interesting to see the sports analysis side, the sports strength and conditioning, the um, athlete welfare, sports psychology. There are so many. I'd, I, before I didn't know that how important each part of a, of a team is massive. Each like for example, strength and conditioning. The look. Our, our strength and conditioning coach now his, his knowledge is fantastic and some of the stuff I'm blown away about like just just like one fraction of a of a foot placement or 
a bit more bit more deep deep lunge it, it makes massive around on the overall performance so hopefully obviously when i'm when i'm finished with my athlete career i want to go uh, uh, maybe maybe it might be performance lifestyle advising when athletes finish the sport and they don't know what to do and that's where a lot of people struggle with the mental health so hopefully i, I can help them get into something that because obviously athletes getting get put into a sport at such a young age they might not have a backup plan yeah and um touching on that point there like what would you say your sort of way of improving that you know so you see so many like sports performers are in a sport their entire life to come out and they're just like well what do i do next you know they're, they're sort of set their career but retired and then can i get stuck in a rut what would you say the sort of things are to um to sort of help their their mental health after finishing? um it's it, for me i always take a step back if i've had a tough week or i've had a poor training session i always think back what's gone well today have i, have I checked in with my friends from home have i checked in with old friends and stuff and I know looking back I've, I've had a good I've got I end up with a good result so at uni so I can look back on that um but it's always it's it's, it's getting out that negative mindset because I think if, if you if your mind takes a toll on oh I've got to be better all the time then it's just going to spiral out of control and if you don't sometimes take a step back and think it might, I might have had a poor training session but I'm still I'm still doing well i've still i've got good relationships all around and you can build you can build stuff away from the sport so just keep keep being busy yeah i mean i'm touching on my mental health when i was in a, in a team sport you know I, I suffered quite hard and it was it was hard to speak about but obviously being an individual sport would you say that it's a lot harder to to speak to people obviously if you don't if you can't speak to your coach then you just you you know especially during during a match, say if you say if you're in yeah. the Olympics um, in in four years' time, and you're just on your own, like what sort of any advice for? It, it, yeah, it, I would say it was it'd be harder because you're on your own sometimes on some training sessions when people are away and you're still still at Sheffield. For example, they the rest of the team might be away, and I was at university, but I was in Sheffield on my own at, at times. And when you are when you are on your own, that's where I think. The, it heightens under pressure because you can't release it to anyone. And if if you're in a team, you might you might be with your with your, with your football with your best mate from for from home for 14 years, and you're still playing in the, in the same football team. So you can release the problems to them on on the sidelines and stuff. But but with individual sports, sometimes it might be hard to confess, or because sometimes you might just see the coach, and then he might have to get off to another lesson or session. And then that's you having to cool down or warm up on your own. And that's where it might be a good time to release um, whatever's going on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and just to finish, what would you say a dream coach is, um, you know, if you had to pick different aspects or a person that you've experienced, who would you say is your dream coach? A dream coach is someone who knows you inside out, obviously, knows what your strengths and weaknesses are performance-wise, knows what what can knows how can get can get the best out of you even if it's a 50% day if you're feeling pretty poor how can they get the best out of you for that session um someone who you can rely on um away from the sport um someone who you can can go to, go for a coffee with outside of the sport and meet meet your family and stuff like that um and when 
lifestyle happens and stuff they're, they're going to support you all the way like when you get married when 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 you move house are they there to help you out and stuff um and just like chats like that around 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 the training day will just heighten everything because it it'll just make it a positive environment and when you when you reach a Paralympic gold medal you can you can say to your coach we we've been through this together through the highs and lows mm. and would you say you know celebrating with your coach is such a big thing you know obviously it's an individual sport and it's you who's who's you know you just won that medal but would you say sharing that is just such a great thing as well yeah 100% because sometimes you, you get to know about the coaches um coaches lives as well and you'll get to know where whether they're having a good day or a bad day as well so you you'll you'll get onto that podium and you'll think we've got through this together through through the highs and highs when you've had a bad day and I've had a good day or when you've helped me get up from a poor day and you'll just you once that achie- achievement's um completed you'll you'll enjoy you'll enjoy the, the celebration that you should you should enjoy together. Mm. Um, and then yeah, that, that's about it. Um, so thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a it's been a privilege, you know, listening to you your stories and and sort of what your views are on coaching um, no, I, I think it's important as well i think you've got a very good subject matter as well with covid i think it's more now more than ever that it should be spoken about yeah and i think it's different as well you know nobody really touches on the coaching side you know you see it all the time you know players doing this players doing that and it's sort of to get the coaching view on it is always a bit different especially with athletes seeing how they've you know um improved and sometimes declined with different coaches it's it's just something something interesting i, I think so yeah. Um, so for those listening, um, thank you very much. Obviously, if you've not listened to the previous um, episodes, then um, give them a listen there on Spotify and YouTube. Um, but other than that, hopefully you tune in for the next one. And again, thank you very much, Isaac, and uh, all the best for the uh, Olympics in, in Paris, the Paralympics there. Uh, no worries. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Thank you.